This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 14, Secrets and Guides. It originally aired on February 17, 1999, and had 6.93 million viewers. Okay, so this episode starts at this kid's, Max's house, and this man, older man, brings dinner to his son, Max, who's sitting on the couch. And then, all of a sudden, two masked men with guns run into the house, and they grab the boy, and one of them points the gun at the father and tells him that they're going to borrow his son and bring him back Monday morning, and they tell him not to call the cops, and then he agrees to it and knocks, and they, they knock him out and put a bag over Max's head and take him out of the house. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was our hectic intro. So we're off to a hot start this episode. They really came in. It was like a good two seconds before these masked men just ran into the house and took this kid. So solid intro, I'd say. Yeah, I think it leaves us with a lot of questions. Who's this kid? Who are these men? What's going to happen? How are they connected to the Charmed Ones? What's magical here? Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe this is just a Daryl and Andy episode. Maybe we won't see the Charmed Ones at all. (laughs) Strictly Daryl and Andy. Yeah, It was actually the backdoor pilot to their spinoff show. They should have done something like that. Andy and Daryl, their own fucking show. That would be so funny. Oh my god. They happen to be at every single crime scene in San Francisco. Yeah, it's like the name of it is No Other Cops in San Francisco, and it's just Daryl and Andy. Just Daryl and Andy. Oh my god, I would love that. I would love that. (laughs) No, the name is Just Daryl and Andy. Ready? And then the tagline is The Only Cops in San Francisco. I love it. We should suggest something like that. Send it in. I know yeah, it's right? been 20-something years, but, you know, I think this is what you guys should do next. A little spin-off. Yeah. Um, T.W. King, Dorian Gregory, are you guys working? Do you need a new gig? <laughs> because we have an idea. <laughs> we have a job for you. All right. I don't have, like, I mean, that's just the intro we have zero information at this point so I don't (laughs) yeah we'll have to get back to every character we met in that scene later on but so from there we go to the manor this is not actually a Daryl and Andy episode and we are in the attic with the sisters and we see that they're doing this spring cleaning and Prue's kind of using her power to help them with the cleaning and organizing she's worried that this might be personal gain and kit meows which tells us you know it probably is but you know they're kind of making jokes about how you know a good witch is a clean witch and all this stuff piper's going through this box of old toys prue says that they should just throw it all away but phoebe wants to go through it and see what's in there piper pulls out a bunch of phoebe's diaries and phoebe says the place i kept all my secrets give me those and everyone's laughing And then Piper's like, Phoebe, you could never keep a secret, which will become a big plot point in this episode. And then Piper finds out that Prue even knew about her surprise birthday party because Phoebe had given it away. Phoebe, you know, kind of pushes away from that topic and is like, I say we keep all the toys for our children, for our future. Piper agrees that it's a good idea. 
And Prue says, well, you can get rid of mine. And they both kind of look at her confused. And Prue goes on to say that they live in a world with a lot of violence. And then you add in all the demons and it's a pretty scary place to raise kids. Besides, I don't really think I'm cut out to be a mom. Piper's kind of like, how can you say that? Because, you know, as we've been reminded time and time again, Prue kind of functioned as Piper and Phoebe's mom while they were growing up. And Prue says, why don't we have this conversation later, like say in five years, a timer goes off and Piper gets up to go get the dinner and she asks Phoebe to help her. We see Phoebe kind of chasing after her with her wet nails. She tells Prue not to look at her diary while she's gone. Prue stays in the attic and we also notice that the spirit board is sitting out in front of her, which will come into play in the next scene. Okay, so here, obviously, I think it's pretty obvious by the way they set up this scene with the whole stuffed animals and Prue being like, oh, you can get rid of mine. We're just, you know, not cut out to be a mom. I feel like that's setting up some sort of plot point in the future. Oh, you know damn well that in 1999, they were not letting a woman say she didn't want to be a mother and it being a lasting thing. (laughs) Absolutely not. No way. I don't know if you know this, Mia, but women are actually only meant to be mothers. That's that's our role in life is to be a mom. So obviously, um, it's just for plot's sake, guys. Don't freak out. She is going to change her mind. Don't worry. It doesn't mean anything, okay? It won't stay that way. But it, is, it was weird to me because I wonder why she would think something like that when she did basically raise Piper and Phoebe, you know? And she Maybe she thinks she t- they turned out that bad that she's like, I can't do this for real. <laughs> she's like, I did such a shitty job raising you guys that I can't do it. But I guess, I guess I see where she's coming from with all the evil and stuff. I feel like already she is the one who kind of is concerned about the other two the most you know so having to worry about them constantly and stuff like I'm sure her having kids it would be really overwhelming like probably just the whole thought process and not wanting to yeah and I mean I totally support the idea of her not wanting to have kids if that's you know what she wants and I think that it makes sense because I feel like if you did basically raise your siblings you're gonna go one of two ways where you really want kids or because you like kind of lost your childhood to that you really really don't because you want your adult life to be your own right exactly so I could see I could see where she's coming from with that and even if she didn't have this you know valid reasoning behind it if she just decided she didn't want to have kids you know that's perfectly fine too maybe not in 1999 but (laughs) (laughs) I don't see a problem with it. Uh, Yeah, no, not at all. You know what? If Prue doesn't want kids, that's totally fine by me. I guess we'll have to keep watching, see if that changes, but. Yeah, we'll figure it out as we go on throughout the episode, how that changes. Okay, so now we are at this auto shop and we see the kid Max and he's gagged and tied up. And the guys that were in masks, they, you know, they took them off. And we see one of them named Mickey, who kind of has this vibe that he's, like, the meaner one. And they tell him that if Max, try, if you try anything, then him and his dad are both dead. And then the other guy says, you know, that kid is a living, breathing, winning lotto ticket. 
All I know is my kid brother said somehow like magic, he turned off the arcade alarm system from across the street and got them inside. So Mickey says he doesn't believe in magic, and the other guy's kind of like, well, you know, if that's why we just test it out, see if it's true, and then if not, then we cut our losses. And they leave the room, and then we see Max close his eyes um, like he's doing something, and he starts rocking back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I just got the impression from this scene, like I said, that Mickey is the one kind of the leader, you know, in control compared to this other guy who kind of seems like he just wants the money, you know? Like, he yeah. kind of gets the vibe that he wanted to hurt Max, like, from the start, you know? Yeah. I also, you know, we don't ever clearly get an answer about this, so, like, little bit of a spoiler to the end of the episode, but I really wonder, like, how these two guys met each other, kind of how they became partners or whatever, because I feel like we never get clarification on that. Like, we get a lot of stuff about Mickey's background, but all we find out about the other guy is that his brother is friends with Max, but we have no way of knowing how him and Mickey know each other. Yeah. Zero information about that. I mean, I assume something to do with that auto shop and maybe work, but yeah, we never really find out more of a background. And that was, like, kind of my thing, too, because this other guy, like, really didn't seem like a bad guy. Like, you don't get the vibe from of that from him from the start you know what I mean yeah but so here still I feel like it's just more intro now we're kind of understanding the whole where magic comes into play with Max and obviously he had something to do with breaking into that arcade and these guys clearly want to use him for something like that yeah then we're back at the manor and we see that the spirit board is still in front of Prue and the pointer starts to move. Prue calls for Piper and Phoebe and she's writing down what the spirit board is spelling out. They run in and Piper's kind of like, oh no, not again. And they ask her what it says and it says, help Max. So that's pretty much, you know, them getting into connecting to the whole Max thing. So after that little scene, we go to the theme song. And then after the theme song, we're back in the manor. It's the next morning, and we see Prue and Phoebe are walking over to the breakfast table. Phoebe says that maybe Max is a ghost, and Prue doesn't think a ghost would need their help. And Phoebe says, well, it wouldn't be the first time. Shout out to my boy Mark from <laughs> <laughs> Dead Man Dating. Piper is a few feet away from them, and she's on the phone, kind of pacing back and forth. Then we return to their conversation and Phoebe says whoever's reaching out obviously has powers, but they can't go off of much unless he sends them another message. And then she asks Piper, she's kind of like, what are you like on hold or something? And Piper tells them it's, it's the new chef at Quake. He threw out all of her Henkel knives and wanted a different kind and she's like super pissed about this. And then, you know, Prue kind of ignores what's going on with Piper and it's like, we wouldn't have gotten the message if it wasn't important. She says she wants to go to Andy and see if he's gotten a message, you know, anything about a Max needing help. Phoebe says it's a long shot, but Prue's kind of like, well, it's the only thing we can try. So Phoebe says that she'll look in the book for spirit board messages to see if she can find anything. Piper and the chef are kind of going back and forth. She gets hung up on, and then she's kind of like, how can I help you two? And, you know, 
judging by her attitude and everything, Prue's like, I think we've got it under control. And Piper's like, okay, well then I'm going to quit because I have this to deal with. She starts walking out the door, but when she opens the door, Leo is standing there. Leo is back, y'all. No. (laughs) And they hug. And it's so good to see you. How are you? She says. And then Leo's like, better now. How are you, Piper? And she says she's better now, too. Very cute. (laughs) And then Phoebe and Prue kind of come over to the doorway. Phoebe asks what brought Leo back. Um, And she kind of makes a joke about how the chandelier needs fixing. But Leo's like, oh, my God, like, I'll grab my tools. I'll get right on that. And then Prue's like, "Uh, Phoebe, you have some reading to do upstairs and kind of sends her away. Prue's holding a spirit board in her arms and Leo notices that and asks her about it. She says that she's taking it to the auction house to have it appraised and then she leaves. Piper says that she needs to go to the restaurant, um, but she'll be back soon and asks if Leo can wait for her. He says he can. They kiss. It's like very, very hot. (laughs) And then Piper's like, I'm so glad you're back. So, question, are they together? I was thinking the exact same thing, because remember when he left last time and it was like, that was like their goodbye, you know? Right? Like, why do Yeah, I- but he was also kind of like, oh, I'll be back, all this stuff. And I remember when he left, I asked, I was like, so does this mean they're still together? But then while he was gone, we saw Piper talking to all these other guys going on dates. So I'm like, they I'm weren't saying. together. Dates with other people and... Mm-hmm. So it seemed like she was single, but I mean, neither of them really, I mean, like both of them went in for the kiss, like it was the most casual thing. And she did not seem as like shocked that he was back as I expected her. She was like, oh, good to see you. Like, like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like Leo is back. Okay. Like I would have been so happy. I feel like it all happened very much like he had just gone on a week vacation and came back, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. I, I got the same vibe. I was like, what is going on here? But you know what I'm forgetting, Mia? Huh. You know, as my ex would tell you, like, this is how friends act with each other. So obviously, they're just <laughs> two friends making out upon his return. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing there. Just like two good old friends normally do. So anyways, I'm so happy that Leo's back and I can't wait to see how this plays out in this episode and hopefully Leo stays. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't remember that this was the episode where Leo came back and where we find out more about Leo. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, I really enjoyed this episode and a lot of the reasons is the leo and phoebe moments that we're gonna get throughout the episode and kind of the building of their friendship and everything here yeah me too i love i love the way they act together and we'll see that more throughout the episode as soon as i saw him in the doorway when i watched this i realized what episode this was and you know Mm -hmm. what information we get in this episode and um i like i remembered instantly and i was like oh and I got so excited because I loved it. You know, this is this is a really good episode, a lot with the whole Phoebe and Leo stuff. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, Piper and Leo have amazing chemistry together. That's why they are my ship right now. But also, like, Phoebe and Leo, even though their connection is obviously platonic, like, 
they have a really good chemistry too so i could definitely see them dating in real life and like it makes sense to me that they dated in real life seeing the way they kind of play together on screen they do have really good chemistry and i forgot that they dated in real life which just makes me so uncomfortable but (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time like i could see that happening in real life but yeah no i I definitely see the chemistry between Phoebe and Leo as well. More platonic, more like that um, kind of like, you know, us to Ash and Ant kind of thing, you know, like just like that siblings, you know, like that's my sister's boyfriend kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Like they have, they have exactly the relationship that you would hope to have with And that's, like, kind of what they say about real-life couples who, like, act together. Like, they have a tendency to come across on screen either as, like, their siblings or as their, like, really close friends. Because, like, the chemistry they have with each other is so natural. Whereas, like, it doesn't read as romantic on screen, even though, like, it might read as romantic in real life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if we had gotten it from a different perspective like if Leo and Phoebe were to end up together you could see that happening too if they had taken the story that way as mm-hmm. opposed to Piper and Leo. Yeah but anyway to kind of go back to the earlier moments in this scene you know we're getting a lot of the setup for Piper's storyline in this episode as far as what's going on at the restaurant and we're getting you know a little bit of more of Prue's kind of connection to Max and what she's going to do to try to figure that out, which is go see Andy in the next scene. Yes. So I definitely have, you know, some stuff to talk about with the whole Piper and work thing that's going on her little plot. But, you know, I'll just wait till we get to that. And yeah, and now we're just setting up pretty much Prue trying to figure out what's going on with Max. And you can tell this is mostly going to be a, like, it seems like one of them is always the main focus, you know, for whatever magical thing happens in each episode. Yeah, like, it tends to be either one or two of them in the magical storyline, and then, like, the third kind of having either, like, a work storyline or, like, a love interest storyline or something like that. Right, exactly. So here I can tell that it's going to be Prue. I mean, she was the one who got the message. She wants to go see Andy, and I just, you know. And it's good, though. I like it. I feel like I feel like Prue needed this little episode (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so now we're at the police station and Prue's sitting at Andy's desk with him and Andy says so let me get this straight you think some guy named Max might be in trouble but you have no idea why you've never met him and you don't have any idea where he is is that about right (laughs) and he's like all suspicious of her and she's like she tells him makes up this story that she had a dream where she was using a spirit board and the spirit board spelled out help Max. So Andy is obviously very like confused and suspicious about this whole thing. Um, but he looks up the name Max in his missing persons database and he couldn't find anything. And then he says that her stories are always very entertaining. Because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, Andy just knows that what Prue says is not true, that she has this secret and won't tell him, but he kind of tries to make a joke of it now but they're very smiley with each other and very like they seem like flirty almost 
but that's kind of the vibe we always get between them, this tension. But anyways, so he finds nothing and she leaves. And that's how we end this scene. Yeah, so I feel like we've been getting hints that Andy might be open to the idea of them being witches and, like, might not be as not okay with it as Prue was led to believe in the episode where they broke up um, and the truth is out there and it hurts. So maybe there is a chance of them getting back together and I feel like we're getting more and more hints of that as we go through these episodes and the scene is definitely one of those scenes that gives us that vibe. Yeah, and there's definitely a couple scenes where we kind of hear more about that and it seems like, oh, you know, more hints getting dropped um, towards that. So... Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. Have you forgiven him yet? Mm, I'm like, like 90% there. Let's see if he does anything else to upset me or if he keeps staying in my good graces. <laughs> okay. See if he's I feel like I'd be 100% there if he had just, you know, fucking apologized. <laughs> Won't happen. This never happens. <laughs> So from here, we cut to Quake, and Piper enters the kitchen, and she's looking for Harry, who's the new chef, and she's so pissed off. And then he makes a disgusting comment. He's like, you know, your voice doesn't do your justice. You're actually attractive. That was so nasty. And, like, he's wearing these, like, shorts with, like, long socks and slides. And as Piper's, like, kind of yelling at him, she, like, does like a quick look over at him and is like that is not a proper chef's uniform (laughs) and he's like it will be i'm a trendsetter i hate this guy so much then he tells her that he threw out all the old menus so that he can add his crab ravioli as the new special the audacity of this man then he like (laughs) hands her the phone and is like oh your sister phoebe's on the phone and then she's like you're fired And he's like, ooh, attractive and feisty. You can't fire me because you're just a manager. Don't managers have the authority to fire people? I thought the same thing. But anyway, so she freezes him. She grabs her knives out of the trash and then dumps his raviolis into the trash and leaves the area. (laughs) Honestly, I have a couple things to say. First of all, I feel like they do their very best to make these douchebag characters just the most insane, insanely, like, awful people you've ever met. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, I feel like they're very dramatic in the way they they try to have these people we're supposed to hate act, you know? Well, they don't want us to, they don't want there to be a chance that we like this man, right? He just has to be the worst person on the face of Earth. Like, every, I mean, they did the same thing with Roger, and I forget who it was. There was somebody else that we were like, I hate this guy, he's up there with Roger. Um, but, and, like, this guy, too. It's always, it's always the men, too, you know? They always make sure that they're just the worst people we've ever met in our lives, you know? Yeah. Like, who, who genuinely acts like this kind of thing? <laughs> I just everything about this man like all the comments on her appearance his appearance just the audacity he has to act like this is his restaurant as opposed to like yeah piper who's the manager who's the old chef who has the experience there yeah it's just it's fucked up he's he's letting everything get to his head 
pisses me off. And I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of the way it kind of closes out with him, like in this episode, the way this plot happens, but we'll get to that. And what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I am very impressed with Piper though. Because I feel like this is a lot of character growth for him, for her. Oh, that was who it was. The other chef or manager or something. That she oh, yeah, had. the manager at the restaurant. Yeah. The, like, he was, boss. Yeah. He was awful and putting all of this on Piper. And she never stood up for herself until the end. Here, at least, we see Piper kind of, like, yelling at him and saying, you're fired and doing these things that it was never very Piper. Like, she would never really do those things before, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm proud of her for kind of standing up to her. I think she could have done more for sure, but it's definitely a big improvement, a big step for her, and I'm, I'm just proud. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't even taking note of that, but you're totally right. She's def- We're definitely seeing a lot of that growth in her in tor- terms of like being a confrontational person, which I think is coming as she's developing her power and kind of recognizing who she is as a person. Yeah, I agree, and it, it just makes me happy to see it because we needed that from Piper yeah she needed a backbone okay so now we move on to the manor and phoebe is walking downstairs and she's on the phone with piper and she's like oh yeah he sounds like a real piece of work and then starts asking about like what he looks like and piper's like a complete and total jerk and then piper asks about leo and phoebe's like oh he's working and then saying that he was he's changing a light bulb on the chandelier downstairs and as they're on the phone, Piper's like, oh, maybe I should go talk to him. So Phoebe walks into the living room to go hand Leo the phone. And what does she walk into? Leo floating while changing the light bulb. And she's like, oh, my God. And she's like, I'll call you back. And she hangs up the phone. He notices her and he drops to the ground. And she's like scared. And she's like, holding up the phone to him, backing away, and she's like, you're a warlock, you're a warlock, like, who are you, what are you, and Leo's like, I can explain, and he's like, if I was a warlock, then wouldn't I have heard you the last time I was here, and then she kind of is just like, what are you, and he, it's like a, he kind of has like this weird energy of like a awkward smile, and that's just kind of how the scene ends, hopefully he goes on to explain what the hell that was. So, I mean, this scene, just in case we forgot, Leo's magical, and we're finally going to find out what that means. I think that's all I took away from this. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, Phoebe is finding out now, so we'll see if this is just blowing Leo's story wide open and what happens in the future because of this. So, just set up for that. Yep. So then from there, we go to this microchip plant. The men, so Mickey and the other guy and Max are all inside a car outside of the plant. They have the blueprints and they're showing Max where the security panel is and telling him to shut the system off. And Max says, I can't. My mom made me promise never to use my power for bad things. Mickey's like, you ever read the book where bad things happen to good people? And the other guy's kind of like, all right, like, relax like chill he's like i got this and tells max they're not going to take anything they just want to see if he can do it they're not going to do anything bad he's like i'm really sorry about what happened to your mom and then he's like you know kind of becomes a dick he's like you want to make sure something doesn't happen to your dad don't you 
And fun. so then Max like closes his eyes and starts rocking again. And the guy just nods and Mickey gets out of the car and walks over to the building. We like flash inside where we see like the power box panel and there's like a shortage and it kind of sparks a little bit. Then we hear the front door beep and Mickey walks right in. He smiles when he gets inside and he's like, well, I'll be damned. And then he walks out. As he's walking out, a security guard approaches him and Mickey pulls out a gun and shoots the security guard. Max yells. The other guy covers Max's mouth and then Mickey runs back to the car. So <laughs> they just had to have that security guard walk over there and have Mickey shoot him. Well, we had to see that Mickey was really the villain here, right? Like, yeah. I feel like that's what was established with that moment. They just, that's pretty much what all they were doing with that. You could tell that Mickey was the evil one, like I was saying. Even even the other guy, like, I mean, it was nice of him to try to, like, be relaxed and, you know, do what he had to do to get Max to do that without being too harsh with him. But that was the most, like fucked up manipulative thing I've ever heard anybody say in my life like I'm so sorry about you know your mom dying or whatever but you better do this for us otherwise we're gonna kill your dad too you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah so up. he's definitely a manipulator he's definitely a bad guy right but I also yeah. feel like he's kind of like all like bark no bite whereas like Mickey will shoot someone, no questions asked. He's just like, this guy yeah. approached, bang, dead. I think that's that was the what I meant when I said you kind of get the vibe that Mickey's the leader and he, this guy's not as aggressive. You know what I mean? I feel like he is more of a all-talk kind of person, but when it comes down to the action, he doesn't. He may not be able to. Yeah. Like, he seems like he has somewhat of a conscience. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we move back to the manor, and Phoebe and Leo are sitting in this room, and Phoebe's all, like, surprised and kind of just, like, shocked and excited, and she's like, up until today, I thought you were just a handyman, and now I find out that you're a, and he says, a white lighter, finishes her sentence, and then she asks him to explain what that is, and Leo's like, we're really just messengers, guides, think of us as guardian angels for good witches. And then he's like, oh, your tea is cold. And he uses his power, like uses his hand to warm up her tea. And he says that he was sent here to watch over the sisters when they first got their powers and help out in any way that he could. And he says that he was sent by a group of elder white lighters known as the Founders. Uh, I wonder if we'll that, ever hear the term founders ever again. I know. I know. I was thinking that. I was thinking that about, I have a few things in this scene that I'm like, hmm, interesting. Or at least this episode, you know, known as the founders. And that she was never supposed to find out. Leo says that he was, he came back because he needed to help a boy named Max. Because someone, he's a witch and someone wants to take advantage of his gift. And the way that he helped is he made sure that Prue received his message and Prue needs to kind of figure out the rest on her own. And then he's like, in the meantime, you must help me keep my secret or I can get in trouble. Piper and Prue can never know what I really am. And Phoebe starts laughing. And this is where we get that whole thing brought up again, where she's like, me keep a secret? Like, wrong Hallowell. And she tells him that he has to tell Piper because otherwise Piper's going to think, you know, she he's just 
abandoning her kind of thing. I don't know. But he needs Phoebe's help to tell her why they can't be together because white lighter and witch love is forbidden and that he knows it isn't fair to keep her in the dark, but he has to keep this secret from her. And he's like, I have to tell Piper I can never see her again and I can't tell her why. And Phoebe's like, you don't need my help, Leo. You need a miracle. <laughs> and that's where the scene ends. So a couple things here. For people who haven't seen the show, it's, you know, not going to be anything to you now. But as we continue on, terms like the founders and even certain powers that we see from Leo, I feel like I don't know how often we see them again. <laughs> they might uh, disappear. Yeah, they might they might vanish completely, and <laughs> we will never see these powers from them again. Perhaps. <laughs> um. So. I don't know, but at least now we have a little more background on Leo and where he comes from, what he is, which is a white lighter, that he's more of their guardian angel than anything evil. And I feel like his role as this white lighter right now. I wonder if that's gonna change in the future, these rules, regulations, and how how he acts as their white lighter, as opposed to like how he is in the beginning, you know? Yeah, because I think, you know, as we're introduced to this idea, even though, I mean, spoiler for the end of the episode, even though Leo leaves at the end of the episode, I think we get the idea because we found out all this information about his powers that like he will return again one day. And I think, you know, to anyone who hasn't seen the show before, we've mentioned before, Leo's a major character. This isn't the last time we'll see Leo. So I'm just interested to see the way that kind of this white lighter lore and Leo's character in general will continue to develop throughout however long he's on the series. Yeah, exactly. And other than that, obviously, I just feel bad for Piper because she's going to have to find out that Leo is not staying. And here we find out about Max being a, a kid as opposed to, like, an adult. Or at least this is the first of the sisters be finding that out because they had no information on who Max was. It is a little weird to me that Phoebe doesn't tell Prue about this, you know? Yeah. Kind of just well, I guess because, like, how could she tell her without telling about Leo unless she said she had a vision and saw Max and he was a kid? Yeah, but I feel like there's definitely been other instances where they kind of, like, don't explain where they got their information from, but are like, hey, you know, we need to get on this. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I guess it's for the sake of the plot. She does end up finding out, obviously, so it doesn't really make too much of a difference, but... Um... Yeah. In fact, she finds out in the very next scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in the next scene, we're at Buckland's and Prue is in her office sitting on her laptop. Andy knocks on the door and he comes in. She kind of moves the spirit board off her desk and puts it down next to her and tells him to sit in the chair because she doesn't want him to see it there. She's like, so what's up? And he's like, I've got some interesting information about a boy named Max. So here is where Prue finds out that Max is a boy. Andy is starting to talk about the microchip plant, and that's when Prue notices that the spirit board pointer is moving again. So as Andy's talking, she's like writing down notes. She asks what any of this has to do with the boy Max, and he tells her that security cameras picked up a car in the parking lot, a boy in the back seat matching this photo taken at an arcade. 
and he like pulls out the picture of Max and tells her about two kids sneaking into an arcade the same way like a week ago and says that the boy's name is Max Franklin. He says, this boy is in serious trouble, Prue. It's not a dream. I need to know what you know about this. And she says that she doesn't know anything, that Andy should go talk to his family. Andy tells her that he did and that his father said he didn't know anything either, said the boy was out of state visiting grandparents and would be back tomorrow. He says that he knows something's wrong, that the dad wanted to tell him something, but he seemed scared. And then he asks what Prue is writing because this whole time she's been writing something down and she's like, oh, well, like, I'm just doodling. And Andy's like, you're not going to tell me anything, are you? And then he just kind of like nods and gets up and tells her that one day he's going to figure out her secret. And then, (laughs) and then we get a shot of the notepad, which what the spirit board was spelling out was kidnapped auto shop. Yes. So here, another thing, a little hint dropped about Andy being like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out one day. But I like that he's still being very reasonable. I, I mean, I can understand the whole anger that comes from him because these secrets that he's that Prue is keeping from him, it's not only affecting their relationship, but he kind of feels that it affects other people's lives, like his job, when she mm-hmm. refuses to give him information that may be important you know he's under the impression that these people are in trouble and like she's hiding information that could help which is just obviously not okay to him you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I can see more of his frustration but I like that he's being more reasonable and being just like well you know what I'm not even going to press it anymore because whatever it is she's not going to tell me yeah totally okay so now we are at Quake, <laughs> but um, also Buckland's. It's a phone call between Prue and Piper. And Piper is sword and knives in a dishpan, and a worker approaches her with the phone, and it's Prue. And then Prue says to her that Max is a boy and he's been kidnapped, and says that she has to help. Piper suggests that she should call the police, but Prue has her own idea of what to do, and uh, Piper makes sure that Prue has everything under control, and Prue does, she said she did, and then that's when Harry, this horrible person that we despise with everything in us, approaches, and he takes the phone from her, and hangs up and says, everything's not under control, and he tosses it down, Prue hears it and is just very confused, he tells Piper that he needs more crabs for his ravioli, because someone threw it all out, and throws the paper or throws paper at her I don't know what this paper is for but he throws it at her and then calls her pepper instead of piper so pretty much just more horrible disgusting shit from this guy yeah I mean this guy's just the worst I don't even want to comment on it because I feel like he's not even worth my time to speak about how horrible (laughs) no literally just awful that's what else is there to say besides this guy is just disgusting yeah other than that it's literally just Prue telling Piper what yeah because you know if every single character isn't told the new information that one character learns how will the audience know it happened yeah the audience will have no clue exactly <laughs> so now we know thank god they did that we yeah like things. we needed to find out that Max was a boy and he was kidnapped six times yeah <laughs> so many fucking times 
But yeah, anyways, there's really nothing to the scene, I don't think. Yeah. So then we go to Max's house, and Prue approaches the door, and she rings the bell. She introduces herself to Mr. Franklin, who opened the door, and says she needs to talk to him about Max. He tells her that she needs to leave. He's like very like, no, no, no. And she says that she knows he was kidnapped and doesn't understand why he won't talk to the police. And again, he's telling her, you need to go. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, all this stuff. And then Prue kind of, it finally clicks in her head. She's like, oh, unless you can't talk to the police, the kidnappers won't let you, will they? That's why you wouldn't say anything to Inspector Trudeau. And then he's like begging her to leave. And he like goes to close the door and she uses her power to like move a photo that's like on his mantle into his hand. And he's like, dear God, because, you know, obviously he knows about magic. I don't have much to say about this either because they haven't spoken too much. But obviously Prue does end up inside and we will see in the next couple of scenes. I feel like instead of being pushy the way she was, she should have shown her magic right away. Like, obviously he knew. Freaking him out. Yeah, like, he's sitting here probably thinking she's, like, a cop or something, and the kidnappers are gonna see and kill his son because this bitch showed up at his door, you know? I know, like, he's probably sitting there shitting bricks, thinking, like, you need to get out, get away from me now, you're gonna get my son murdered. Yeah. Okay, so, after this, we are back at Quake, and Phoebe and Leo are sitting at a table, and, again, he uses this power to fill up her water with his hands which we never see that again (laughs) and then Piper approaches them at the table and we hear this crash from the kitchen so you can kind of just see that she's like stressed and it's pretty hectic in there with the whole hairy thing when she sighs and Phoebe asks her if she's heard from Prue Piper says yeah she's got everything under control I'll be right back and she goes and leaves back to the kitchen And then Phoebe's like, well, it's good we have a second alone. We can go over your plan of what to tell Piper. And Leo's like, I thought that I'd tell her that as much as I love her and as much as I'd love to stay in San Francisco, I can't. And I don't know how long my work will keep me away. And Phoebe's like, no, 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 no. What you just said to her was that as much as you'd love to stay and have sex with her, you've got a wife and kids in another part of the country. Try again. (laughs) I love all of Phoebe's, like, interpretations of this scene. They're all hilarious. I know. Phoebe's, like, commentary, everything, and then, like, Leo's reactions just crack me up. And then he's like, well, okay, Piper, you know how much you mean to me, and more than anything, I wish things could work out, but they can't, and no one's more sorry than me. Phoebe's like, translation, I found out some, I found someone I like even better. (laughs) Leo's like, I'm completely confused. And she's like, just a Just avoid the following. We can still hang out. I don't deserve you yet. I need more me time before we can have we time. And it's not you, it's me. And then she says, and whatever you do, do not start the conversation with we need to talk. Other than that, you'll do fine. And she (laughs) sips her water all casually and Leo's just very stressed out. (laughs) Like, like, oh God, what am I going to do? And that's how that scene ends. So this is some of the Phoebe and Leo connection that I just love to see. I love their banter. I feel like it's so on point. I feel like his, like, awkwardness and her, like, brutal honesty just, like, flow so well together. Yeah. They work so perfectly, and it's, like, it it creates a really funny scene and good chemistry between them, you know? Yeah. 
I also like, I just love that, like, I love the like stereotypical like breakup phrases. Like, yeah. Oh, like it's not you, it's me, like all that stuff. Because it's just like, like, it's just so funny to me. It, it cra- no, it's funny to me too. I, especially like, I don't think I've ever actually heard anybody say that because I feel like it's more used as like a, a joke kind of thing saying it's honestly you. lucky you the amount of guys who have said this direct phrase to me I'm not good enough for you oh is that yeah. astounding yeah. like I'm I, saying they, they all use the same ones like it'll be like oh like you don't deserve me like or no I don't deserve you like you're too good for me yeah like that. they love to say that <laughs> But saying it's not you, it's me, like, directly, I guess gen- it's, it is just, like, off-brand, it's not you, it's me. Um, yeah, it's the I've same thing. directly say that. I'm trying to think if I have. Like, I feel like I have. I feel like one person has said that to me. I, feel like I just you like, definitely have. You, you choose the ones that would say something uh, like that. Oh, I get the worst people when it comes to how they break up with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. let's not even talk about the one who broke up with me like seven different times okay we'll we'll just leave that out of there yeah I don't really have too much more to say about that other than I just love that scene yeah it's just a really funny scene it's really cute I'm glad they added it in there yeah me too so then from there we're back at Max's house and now we're inside and Prue's sitting on the couch Mr. Franklin has like that photo in his hand and he's walking over and he's in the middle of telling Prue about what happened, which honestly, I'm glad we didn't have to hear the full story from the beginning. I'm glad they started us somewhere in the middle of this conversation, which is not like the writers to do. He says he doesn't even know if Max is okay, and Prue says, well, if he wasn't, she wouldn't have gotten the message. He asks her if she's a witch and says that his wife Paulette was a witch and so is Max. And then he kind of says how she was hiding it from him and it would have been a lot easier to handle the family secret if he learned it a lot sooner and Prue says maybe she was afraid of how you would react maybe she was afraid that you wouldn't accept her or love her anymore and he asks if she's speaking from personal experience and Prue says that she is so once again we're reminded of Prue and Andy he says that you know Paulette had to tell him once she got sick and that Max got his powers after she passed away and he's been getting into trouble And, you know, Prue kind of tries to comfort him and, like, connect with him, but he tells her that she can't understand what he's feeling because she doesn't have any children. And then, you know, maybe if she told him, like, you know, maybe if his wife had told him, he would have been better able to protect Max. And then Prue asks if he knows anyone who owns an auto shop and... He's like, no at first, and then he's like, wait a minute, Max's friend Danny's brother works at an auto shop, and then Prue's like, oh, well, is Danny the friend who broke into the arcade with Max, and then they both realize what's going on. So here, with the whole, you know, her being like, maybe she was afraid that you wouldn't accept her or love her anymore, and he's like, speaking from personal experience, you can see the pain in Prue as she's saying that, obviously thinking about the whole situation with Andy, which to me was just like another hint about that. I feel like this, this scene and the situation between, you know, Max, his dad, and um, Prue and Andy, like that, I like the way they connected that too. Like, not only is it, you know, Prue helping this guy, but 
I think that's part of the reason they picked Prue because she's had these struggles with whether or not she'd be accepted for her powers and whether or not it'd be right to tell somebody. And then here we are with someone who's got a similar situation, but he's on the opposite end. And we kind of see both sides of it, you know? And I like the way they did that and included that. And uh, I just wonder how it's going to affect Prue. Yeah, me too. You know, I think that it's a really good, strong connection that's made in this scene between the two of them. And I think it helps Prue understand better, like, why she really had to end her relationship with Andy if she wasn't able to tell her secret, right? Because she would never want to put Andy in the position that Mr. Franklin is in here where something happens to Prue and all of a sudden Andy has to deal with their kids having powers or something, you know? I think that's something that would be crazy for her. Yeah, And it shows that she's not the only witch to struggle with whether to tell a spouse or not. Because, like, as we saw, like, Victor, their dad, knew that their mom was a witch, but here Mr. Franklin didn't know his wife was a witch. Yeah. And I mean, Victor Victor knew, and they didn't work out. Here they knew, or he didn't know, and they kind of lasted until she passed away, and then he was left with this responsibility for Max that he didn't know how to handle. And so there's just so many different ways that a situation like this could go, and I think all of that running through Prue's mind, she's kind of stuck on what to do still yeah definitely and obviously now they just put together everything that happened and where max might be you know they had this whole conversation then they made that really quick connection in three seconds (laughs) yeah in two seconds they were able to pick up on that but i guess you know max did drop that helpful hint it's just so funny that they had to have this whole emotional conversation before that came up. I just I just I know, love like, the convenience of it. You couldn't have just walked in and asked, like, hey, do you know anyone with an auto? Instead of, like, talk, going through all that detail, like, while your son's life is at play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I'll see. So now we go to the auto shop. And we see Max sitting on the floor trying to break out of his ties because he's all tied up still. And then Prue walks in and she's like, I'm Prue. I'm here to take you home. And she starts untying the rope. And she tells him that his dad is waiting for him and that she found him through Danny. And then he's kind of like, no, I can't leave. Like, they're going to hurt my dad, whatever. And then that's when Mickey walks in and she uses her power to throw him back against the tires on the wall and Danny's brother walks in and she throws both like throws him too they're both on the ground she helps Max up and says she'll explain her powers to him in the car because he's like well you have powers too Um, and then yeah this is where he says they'll kill my dad if I leave I can't go and then before anything else can happen Mickey walks over and just punches the shit out of Prue and <laughs> knocks her out onto the floor. Nothing like some uh, very casual violence against women. Like, I, I love when <laughs> I women know. just get knocked out by men. I know. Just in the show, knocked her straight to the ground, right? Because it's not even like he's a demon. Like, he's a regular guy, and he just knocked some woman out unconscious. <laughs> Aggravated <laughs> assault. I know, like. Whole lot, no hesitation. Just 
she went straight to the ground too like that was a solid one. yeah like he he has like some experience sucker punching women i feel like. <laughs> i know this wasn't his first time <laughs> no hesitation either so anyways then it cuts to kind of a little bit later at the auto shop and Prue and Max are both on the floor with their hands tied and she's still unconscious. And then Mickey comes over and is like nap time's over and wakes her up. And she, and he's like, or she immediately like turns to Max and is like, are you okay? And Mickey's like, he's fine. And like, you know, tells her that she can't use any more magic. Um, He's like, before you do that, I have this remote. And if I flip the switch, like it will kill Max. And then the other guy, leaves the room because he's like mickey come on do we really have to like and then mickey's like shut up and he leaves so then mickey shows her the explosive that he put on max and says that he learned how to do it in prison and proves like mickey he's just a child he's already proven he's not going anywhere if you're gonna wire anyone wire me and then mickey asks like what they are who tells them who tells them that they're witches and he laughs and he just walks out of the room then Prue asks Max if he's okay, and he says that he's scared, and she says, I know, but, you know, they need you, remember, you'll be okay, I'm not gonna let anything happen to you, and he's like, I'm sorry I got you into this, I'm sorry I have these stupid powers, and Prue's like, Max, don't ever be sorry about that, it's a gift, it's like being a musician or an athlete. Dumbest thing to say. (laughs) I know, it's so stupid. And he's like, no, I'm a freak. I hate it. And my dad hates me for it, too. And Prue says, he doesn't hate you. He just doesn't understand it. And then promises that obviously nothing's going to happen to him. She's going to protect him. And then they smile at each other. And then in the other room, Mickey and the other guy are sitting by, are by a table. And Danny's brother asks Mickey if, if, if it was necessary to wire the kid. And he says, you, you saw what that chick did. And then he says that her power is the only reason that she's alive, because maybe they can use it for something. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in both these scenes, we're really just getting the idea that Mickey's, again, the leader, like you've been saying. He's a really bad guy. He went to prison. We see kind of this connection between Prue and Max that I think is pretty effective. You know, the lines aren't the best. You know, it's like being a musician or an athlete. (laughs) But like, (laughs) I think the connection there is strong. And I think, you know, him meeting someone else who has powers and the opportunity to like talk to someone who's like him, not just someone like his dad who doesn't understand is good for him and where he's at. I agree. I think honestly, it's a good learning experience for both Prue and Max. I feel like them both having to go through this kind of situation and feel like a freak or feel like feel like they're hurting the people around them because of their powers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that they can kind of relate to with each other, and it's just, it's just sweet. Yeah, because, you know, Prue even said in the last scene with uh, Mr. Franklin how she was afraid that Andy wouldn't love her anymore, right? And here we see Max kind of talking about how he doesn't think his dad loves him. He thinks his dad hates him. Yeah. Which kind of just breaks my heart. (laughs) Yeah. So then we're at Quake, and Piper walks over to the table and takes off her apron. Phoebe's gone, so it's just her and Leo. He says he needs to tell her something and that he can be summoned at any moment. She's kind of like, what does that mean? 
but then he starts and he says i can't believe how much i miss like he starts to tell her what's going on but then he changes his mind and he's just like i can't believe how much i missed you and then she's like what do you mean by summoned which is when you know chef harry comes out and interrupts them and she gets up and says i'm ending this now which happens to be when phoebe walks in and phoebe hears and thinks you know she's talking about her and leo not about chef harry and is like oh my gosh you know and piper's like of course i know the whole restaurant knows didn't you hear him scream across the room <laughs> and then you know after a couple more moments phoebe realizes what they're talking about and piper leaves to go deal with the situation with the chef and that's when phoebe says does that mean she took your news well and Leo's like, that means she doesn't know. I can't tell her, Phoebe. I can't stand to think about it, much less talk about it. And that's when Phoebe tells him that they have another issue that she can't find through. So here, still not too much to say, just more, you know, Piper's, tr you can see Leo trying really hard to tell Piper this, but, you know, it's really hard for him because he does love her and care about her. And it makes me so sad because... I love them together so much. I know. But I am I also am a little confused because, I mean, he's done this before where he's had to go because of his job, like where he lives very far away, you know, all that. They've had that conversation. And so I'm a little confused as to where Piper got the idea or like why she's under that impression that he came back for a day, which means that he's staying for good or something. You know what I mean? Cause I think he, she feels like, you know, if he came back and saw her, why would he do that if he was leaving again? True. Cause it's not like he came into town to handle some business or like they called him right and asked for something. Like she just opened the door and he was there. Yeah. Which he didn't even need to do. Right? Like, he said that he literally just had to get the message to Max, so it doesn't really, or get the message from Max to through, which he had done. So I'm not really sure why he stopped by, except to maybe twist the I guess to, like, watch over and make sure she actually does it, but I, I don't really get it either. Yeah. And maybe these founders told him he had to actually break up with Piper. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet the founders told him that he needed to end things with them so who knows <laughs> okay so then we move to the station and our boy daryl brings out pictures from security cam cameras of mickey jackson who's the kidnapper and he's a convicted bank robber and they're him and andy are both talking about you know how why did he break in because they didn't take anything and then they're like, well, maybe it was a dry run for another bank. And then they're kind of just sitting there discussing and trying to figure out how the kid fits in the picture. And that's when the phone rings for Andy. And Andy picks up and it's Phoebe asking if he's seen Prue. And then he's like, no. And he says that he wanted to ask the same thing. But Phoebe just pretends Prue is on the other line and hangs up on Andy. <laughs> so we're giving him zero information. And that's pretty much it. It's just Daryl and Andy trying to figure out you know what's going on with the kid and mickey yeah and we find out mickey's a bank robber so we find out that's what their next target is but that's basically it so then we're at the manor and leo's sitting on the couch when phoebe ends the call he says that he can't reach max or prue telepathically 
and Phoebe asks if that means they're in trouble, which is when Piper walks in and asks who's in trouble. Phoebe pretends they're talking about sports, and then she says she's going into the kitchen to try to call Prue. Piper sits down next to Leo, tells him that Harry quit, and then she leans in to kiss him, and he kind of, like, moves away from her. And she's like, well, that's not the enthusiastic response I was hoping for. He's about starting to talk, and she freezes him. She calls for Phoebe, and she's like, Phoebe, I know you're not in the kitchen. So Phoebe, like, walks right in from just outside the door and is like, oh, how funny. Like, I was just coming back, whatever. Piper's like, is Leo about to tell me he doesn't want to see me anymore? And Phoebe says that she needs to ask him and leaves. Leo unfreezes, and he says, I fell in love with you, and I shouldn't have. And Piper's like, you're married. And he says, no. She's, like, engaged. He says, I'm involved. It's not the way you think. The truth is I led you on and let you believe that I was coming back. And she says, Leo, you are back. And he says, but I have to leave again. It's not because I want to. It's because I have to. And she just kind of nods. He says, I'm sorry. And she says, that's okay, Leo. You're a nice guy and I like you a lot, but you're geographically undesirable. So she says she understands. She like kisses him and then she leaves. Phoebe comes back in and, you know, he tells her that she didn't take it bad, but that's when he hears like this ringing noise and says that he needs to go. I absolutely hated the way Leo was like, I'm involved, but it's not the way you think. Like, Leo, what else could that mean? Once she just asked you if you're married or engaged and you said involved, like that would have made me so suspicious if someone said something like that to me. I'd be like, ew, so you are with somebody else. Get out. Literally. (laughs) like he could have easily just said you know like I got this job I thought it was temporary it's actually permanent and they want me to go to this other location that's literally all he had to say yeah would have been a lot easier and even like without all that Piper understood you know and she was like well you're geographically undesirable you can tell that it it did hurt Piper but she's just kind of playing it yeah pretty cool Like, I feel like I'm involved was the worst phrase to use. He could have said, you know, he could have made it, you know, work. He could have made it family, anything. Yeah, there was was definitely other ways to go about it than saying, I'm involved. Yeah. Like, that was very suspicious. But other than that, sad moment. Also, I like how he says, I fell in love with you. And Piper says, I like you a lot. (laughs) I know. story of my life right (laughs) she didn't she didn't want to say it because she knew that he that meant he was leaving you know yeah yeah definitely other than that sad scene but you know like we've mentioned before leo is a main character so we will this isn't the last of him it's not the last of him but i wonder if it's the last of him and piper tbd hope not i hope not i love them Despite this awkward, awkward breakup, I still love them. I still have hope. Yeah. So after this, we go outside the auto shop and we see Mickey and the other guy. I still don't know why we have yet to find out this guy's name. (laughs) Um, But Mickey is there with Danny's brother and they're, you know, by a van. And they're kind of talking about, you know, once Max turns out the system, they have three minutes before the guards will realize what's going on and then mickey's kind of saying how he doesn't really trust prue and then we go inside the van and prue 
and Max are talking to each other, and he asks her if this has happened before to her. And Prue says, usually the demons I have to deal with, and he's like, wait, demons? Like, doesn't know what demons are, or like, doesn't know about demons. And Prue's like, oh, your mom didn't get to tell you much about being a witch, did she? And then Prue's like, my mom died when I was young, too, and she knows, like, she's like, I know how much it hurt. And she says, I didn't even know my power was coming. I had to figure it out all by myself, which means so can you, especially with your dad's help. And she tells him that she needs to help his dad. He needs to help his dad understand and says that she really cares about him. And, oh, my God, this part, like, literally makes me want to cry every time. He's like, he, w he says that he wishes Prue could be his mom, which is so adorable, so sad. And then we find out that his power is psychokinesis which means that he can move things that he can't see. And then Mickey comes in and tells them that he has to do what he that they have to do what he says. And then that's when Mr. Franklin walks in and both of the guys point guns at him, but he shows them that he's unarmed. And he says Mr. Franklin's like nobody else knows you're here. I found you the same way she did through your brother. And then find out Mr. Franklin's name is Gordon. And Prue tells him that Max is wired. And he says, look, man, I'll give you anything else you want. Just let me have my boy, please. Oh, so heartbreaking. <laughs> and then Mickey puts down the gun and tells David, oh, I guess his name's David. Yep, we finally found we out. out. We figure out that Danny's brother's name is David. So Mickey tells David to put them in the van, and he does. And then Mickey puts a silencer on the gun and then shoots Gordon. But Prue saw that, and she's like, oh my god, distraught. And they drive away. So here I feel like just very emotional, like, sad scene. I don't know. It, like, broke my heart, this whole scene. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we see this connection between Prue and Max just continue to grow. And like you said, that moment when he's like, I wish you were my mom is just, like, the sweetest thing the way they kind of bond over losing their moms and kind of like their complicated feelings about their powers is really strong. And then of course, you know, we see here, right. What he clearly didn't know, but obviously knows now that his dad loves him. Right. I mean, he comes running into this room of men with guns to ask for him back. Yeah. That, yeah, that broke my heart too. And I, I was glad that Max at least got to see like, Oh, my dad does care. My dad does love me and want me to be okay. Like, here he is saying, you know, take me, take whatever you want, but leave my son. Yeah. And we clearly see that maternal instinct that Prue doesn't think she has in the way, like, she's protecting Max and not letting him look, right, as his father's yeah. being shot. Like, she's, even before she knows that he's going to be shot, she knows something bad's going to happen and she doesn't want Max to see it. She kind of, like, holds him to make sure that he doesn't see what's going on. So, exactly, that's, we see that maternal instinct instinct which we kind of will kind of go back to um the first scene when they were spring cleaning and mm -hmm. she's like no no yeah being a mom so then we get to the bank we see the van pull up outside david shows max the blueprint and tells him to do what he did this morning then max asks what they're going to do with his dad and Prue's kind of like the sooner this is over the sooner we can get to him and we need to hurry so she's not telling him what's going on but she's kind of implying that something happened max takes the paper and then he starts rocking 
um, back and forth, we see him turn off the alarm system. Then we see the vault open inside the bank, as well as like this gate in front of the front doors. Mickey and David pull down their masks and they go in with Prue and Max unmasked in between them. And they all walk to the vault together. Prue tells him to use his power. And then, you know, Mickey kind of thinking like, um, we shouldn't have them next to each other. They separate them. But then he starts rocking and he deactivates the wire just as security is approaching. Prue uses her power to keep Mickey from shooting the security guards, kind of flies them away. Then she flies their guns and she's on the floor with Max. That's when Mickey's like big mistake and he tries to press the button to blow up Max. But of course, Max had deactivated it so it doesn't work. Then she uses her power to throw their guns away and push them into the vault and close the vault. And then her and Max, she's like, we need to leave. And Max is like, well, shouldn't we stay and talk to the police, tell them what happened? She's like, we can't tell the cops because we can't tell our secret. So they run out together. So here, I don't know why Max didn't try to deactivate his wire way sooner. (laughs) But I guess we did need to see that emotional connection and everything. It was pretty heartfelt. So the whole Danny, I mean, David and Mickey thing is, pretty much wrapped up now yeah but now we still have to worry about Gordon yeah yeah I mean you know I kind of question the same thing with why they couldn't deactivate the wire and stuff earlier but I guess for you know story's sake we'll just accept it so then we go back to the auto shop and Gordon is on the ground and Leo appears in this bright white light. Gordon thinks that it's Paulette, but it's not. It's Leo. And he says, it's not time to be with your wife, Gordon. It's time to be with your son. And he leans down next to him and holds his hand over the wound and heals his wound. And then he says, raise the boy well. Heed Heed Prue's advice. And he leaves. Gordon is now healed and he touches his chest when the van pulls in and then Prue and Max get out of the van and Max runs over and hugs him. Prue sees that he's all fine and is like confused and he tells her that it's it was a miracle and then he thanks her for protecting Max and she says raise the boy well. Gordon looks at her and then he says that there's somewhere they need to go and he wants Prue to come too. Yeah. So here we see another power that Leo has, which is healing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't have any issues with that. We might we might be seeing that one again. <laughs> yeah, so one thing I'll say is a lot of the powers we're seeing from Leo in this episode, I don't think you've seen the original Roswell, have you? No, not the original. Okay. So it's a show that started airing about a year after Charm did. And in the original Roswell, the power that the aliens have is kind of like they can manipulate molecules and they can do a lot of the things we're seeing Leo doing. So they can heal, they can make like drinks and things reappear, they can change the heat of things, and all of it is because they can kind of manipulate the molecular structure of things. So I wonder if that's connected to Leo's power in some way or if he's totally different and that's just like a connection I made because I've seen both the shows. 
That makes sense. I mean, being able to manipulate the molecules of things, then that that would cause him to be able to do all these things that we're seeing. But yeah, that's just something that crossed my mind. Um, any Roswell fans out there, hit me up in the <laughs> social medias and email. We could talk about it. <laughs> but other than that, I don't have too much to say about this either, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're getting a cute little scene here, and then we'll have an even cuter wrap-up scene in the next scene. Um, yeah, the, the next scene is more of the... Yeah scene to talk about so then we're in the cemetery right and it's prue gordon and max and they're all by paulette's grave max and gordon are like really close to the grave prue is standing a few feet back they put down flowers gordon says i was so busy being angry at your mother for leaving for not telling her secret your secret it was like a weight on my heart i hope you both can forgive me and, you know, Max hugs him and shows that he does forgive him. And then, of course, he looks over at Prue and she smiles. So here, I think it's very cute because it shows a lot of those things that we talked about. I feel like it kind of cleared some things up in Prue's head a little bit or at least helped her feel better knowing that, you know, Gordon, Gordon was upset at his wife and Max for, you know, this secret that he didn't know about and then in the end, like, he still loves them, and he still would do anything for him, and it doesn't change the way that he feels, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that helps Prue, that helps Max and uh, Gordon's relationship, of course, and with Prue, I think it helps her see that it is possible, and it will be okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if I totally agree. I'll land near something, or that, like, at least maybe there are people that will be open to this, and that it, it doesn't have to turn out as horribly as she thinks that it will yeah i think we're also seeing that she doesn't necessarily see that magic will ruin a kid's life right like max's life isn't ruined here he still has hope for the future and everything so exactly so then we go to the manor and the sisters are in the attic again they're spring cleaning again and they find their dad's old train and piper says I can't believe you. You get mad at me for chasing monsters on my own to Prue. And then Prue's like, well, she thought she could handle it because, you know, they weren't demons. And Phoebe says that asking for help kills Prue and almost did. And so they're just kind of bantering on about her going after Max on her own. And then Piper's like, you didn't even get to say goodbye to Leo. And Phoebe asks what she means. And Piper says that she that he, she felt like he was holding something back and wasn't telling her the whole story. And then she said, like, he had some secret that I couldn't handle. And Phoebe was like, well, that's his call, trying to, like, play it smooth. But she's being very sus with this whole thing. Like, she obviously knows something that they don't. And they both look over at her, and Phoebe says, assuming that he had a secret, might not have. And... Out of nowhere, they don't press her for the information or anything, but Phoebe's like, okay, like, I'll tell you guys and tells them everything that happened with Leo, that he's a white lighter and all of this and the guardian angel and that he had to leave even though he loved her. And then she says, even though he'll love you forever, you'll probably never see him again. And then Prue and Piper just kind of look around and start cracking up. And Piper's like, Phoebe, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And she gets up and leaves. And then Prue says, with an imagination like that, you should be writing children's books or something. 
and Phoebe's like, you know what, that's a, that's a good idea. So for some reason, they took it as a complete joke, thought she was lying. And Phoebe's kind of happy because she feels like she got it off her chest, but still didn't expose anything. Mm -hmm. And then Prue decides that she wants to keep some of her toys. And she says, well, like you said, we should save some for our children. And she says that she's had some time to think, and she realizes that she does want kids, and she's like, I'll make a great mom. And then Phoebe says, so did you save Max, or did Max save you? And they smile at each other, and Phoebe gets up, and that's how the scene ends. So super cute ending, you know, obviously Prue had to change her mind because a woman can't say she doesn't want kids on TV in the 90s. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, really cute moment for the sisters. I really love this. I like how they play off, you know, kind of like Leo's secret as a joke. I wonder if they'll ever actually find out his secret. I guess we'll have to wait and see if that ever comes back up when Leo eventually returns. It's also kind of funny the way that even that little subplot, or not little, that's a pretty big deal, the whole Leo and Phoebe thing, but it also had to do with, you know, there being secrets. Mm -hmm. and the secret of magic and how it affects a relationship between two people you know it's kind of all their different stories involve that in some way you know yeah I didn't even make that connection but you're totally right it's another relationship where magic has to be kept a secret the only difference is this time they're both magical exactly which is something we haven't really seen yet Mm -hmm. I mean I guess aside from Mark but he was a ghost, like, that doesn't really, it's not the same. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I think it was just a cute moment. Uh, I like that they kind of connected everything with all their different plots. Oh, like I was saying before, how I don't really like the way they ended it with the whole Harry thing, the way he just kind of quits. Like, yeah, it was like, what was the point of all of that shit just to be like, oh, he quit. Like, no. (laughs) I know. Like, they just needed Piper to have something going on to distract her so that Phoebe and Leo could have their scenes together. Exactly. But, yeah, I feel like they could have played that off a little better. But there were more important things going on in this episode, more important character development and realization. Yeah. But this is a really cute episode. I feel like we do figure out a lot and um, get a lot of emotion, emotional connection, and I just can't wait to see how... It affects things going forward, Piper and Leo, however that turns out, Phoebe knowing this secret, and, you know, with Prue and Andy, however that turns out. So, I'm yeah. excited. I'm looking forward to figuring all that out. Yeah, me too. Honestly, um, I forgot a lot of what happened in this episode before I rewatched, and I wasn't that excited going into it. I was like, oh, this is just going to be another whatever Monster of the Week type episode. And then I started remembering all the important things that happened in this episode. And I was like, wow, I love this one. And I loved the episode. I loved our conversation. Like, this was a great one. I think I never realized how how much important stuff actually went down until we analyzed it this time. Because I never looked at this episode and thought of it as, like, one of my favorites. And I still wouldn't say it's my favorite or anything. But, you know we do find out a lot of information and it is actually a pretty important episode with a lot of the stuff that goes on so I guess yeah definitely yeah like it's definitely not an episode like the Wendigo where if you skipped it It you wouldn't be confused going forward you know what I mean 
but that yeah this you you would have to watch this to really understand what happens in the future yeah for sure um other than that i think i pretty much got it all out there i'm very very excited for next week's episode because it's one of me too (laughs) thanks for listening to this week's episode if you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. And join us back next time for season one, episode 15, Is There a Woogie in the House?